Hey friends, welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. If you are looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. If you wouldn't mind screenshotting this and sharing it on your stories or sharing it, however you found me, I would love to be able to get this message out to more people. And today we're going to talk about something that has completely changed my life and I wanted to share it with you as many of the things that changed my life are shared on here. But this one is from a person that I respect very deeply that came up with this and has a very, very successful business. And I wanted to make sure more people had this understanding and I didn't give exactly what he gave me exactly, but I'm taking it step by step so that you can define and understand the most important parts of this that make it highly successful while also keeping his information safe for him. So he gets to choose who gets this process that he's created. So anyways, navigating change with confidence is our podcast for today. And it's understanding the crucial role of stakeholder involvement in successful change management. And wherever you're at in life, maybe that stakeholder is your husband or it's your wife, or maybe that stakeholder is your one employee that lives overseas. Maybe it's, you know, there's so many different people that are stakeholders. And I kind of giggled a little bit when they use the word stakeholder or he said it in person. And it just sounds so like hoity-toity, you know. Um, and I'm going to go through some of the thoughts that I recognize that I was also in a sense thinking that was keeping me from helping them. For one example, I'm the business owner. Like I should be able to implement this change without having stakeholders. Right. But that's something that actually just kept it from being fun and recognizing that these people are here. They are stakeholders. They are using their time. And it's actually so much more fun to have a collaborative approach. I never want it to be like a dictatorship, right? I want work to be fun and for them to feel valued. And when I can recognize that this is part of it, it actually adds to that versus resisting and pushing against it. So when we're able to emphasize and understand the importance of engagement of the people around us, in that change, we can then bring them in early in the process, which will lead to understanding. It will lead to growth for them. It'll lead to growth for me because we all think so differently. And I think that's something that's amazing. In my practice, I have a bunch of people that don't think the same, right? So they're all going to find different solutions, different ways of seeing things. They're going to see different holes that we need to overcome before we launch something. And when I try to do it by myself, then all of these problems arise and they feel like they're getting whiplash where even if it's not something that took me extremely long, when I'm done with it, then they feel like they've lost this huge amount of time also remembering if you're anything like me and probably unknowingly fall in the gifted category, we can get things done super fast, especially when we have been probably thinking about something like this for a couple months. When we actually get into going into the work, 
we can get a lot of things done that feel like a lot of change, especially on the receiving end, can be done in in an hour or two or five. And so when we can get people in at the front end, we can also see, hey, where is this not going to work? Where are the things that we can adjust that feel better? And divvy out some of the commitments. We can have other people pick up on parts of the situation of the change that we want to have. And then we also don't feel like we need to rush through it because we have so many things going on. So there's a huge experience that we just moved through. And I'm so happy that we moved through it. And that we now have this, we actually have deep pain associated to change. And I think that's something else that is going to really help me remember that I want to incorporate this change protocol. So hopefully I'm getting you before you have that deep pain and you can remember, I'm going to show you some thoughts and some awarenesses that we can recognize some of the actions that we're taking when we are implementing change, we're thinking about change and not pulling people in at the top. And I'm also curious if there is an emotion that you can recognize happens in your body when you're trying to solve for something. What does that feeling feel like for you? If you just pause and you think about there being a a fire or there's a problem or there's something experience that feeling in your body. Where is it? Does it sit in your stomach? Does it sit in your shoulders? Does it sit in the back of your head? Is it in the front of your head? Does it feel like a ton of buzzing? When you feel that feeling, when you're experiencing the tension in your chest or whatever feeling you just notified, I want you to pause. And I want that to be one of the things that reminds you that now is the time for you to bring other people in, for you to now fill out the sheet and to talk about it with somebody else, because this is going to keep you from giving everybody else in your world whiplash. And whiplash is not fun, especially when it involves people that you really care about. So the strategy, of course, is this collaborative approach to change. And when we can bring this strategy in, we're going to have more successful outcomes in our personal and our professional lives. So one of the thoughts that kept me from bringing in the stakeholders, as you'd say, was, hey, I can handle this alone without stressing others, or I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to ask them questions. I know that they're really busy. All of those thoughts kept me from collaborating and ended up with me and them feeling disrespected. So I didn't want to feel like I was using their time but all they wanted was for me to ask them questions, right? For them to be a part of that process, for them to be heard. And I did not realize that in my place of just wanting to be compassionate of the limited time that they had, that I actually created more disrespect, which is so fascinating And the truth is, this collaborative change, like I was talking about before, is so much more effective and so much more sustainable. It means that you don't have to own the whole project. It doesn't mean that you have to have this perfect brain that can figure out every aspect of it. It doesn't mean that you have to sit in a room for hours 
and figure everything out. Like it is so much more helpful for us to bring everybody together to have this collaborative experience. And implementing the change protocol involves that involves the key stakeholders from the start is how we build that more cohesive, well-received change process right? We all know that most people hate change, right? People resist any kind of change, even if eventually they're like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. They are just going to hate it. And one of the best ways to help them not hate change is for them to be a part of it, for them to own a part of it, to feel heard, to experience it. And when they can feel like a part of that change, they can buy into it before the change is even implemented, which means that they don't feel all of that whiplash, right? Which is going to create better alignment. It's obviously going to create less resistance and it's greater chances of success. So what, how can you not want to do this now, right? (laughs) So one of the thoughts that we believe about ourselves And I don't know if I even really realized this, but I was absolutely responding to this. And I've talked to multiple of my clients that push into this. And this is years of practiced imposter syndrome. It's years of practicing not being good enough. It might be years of experiencing failure and things being a lot harder for us. And we're still in that proving energy. And so when we can recognize that we're thinking that if we have to bring in other people, it means I'm not good enough. It is showing my inadequacy in leading change. It's showing my inadequacy in being a leader. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? But the truth is collaborative leadership is a strength. It's not a weakness. Whenever I've pulled in my employees, it brings community together. They feel so much stronger. When I'm collaborative and asking them questions and leading conversations or not leading it at all and just allowing them to flow with it and just bringing it back when it starts to drift, right? That is when I feel my strongest. That is when I'm the best leader that I can be is pulling in that collaboration, the best outcomes that we have ever had are always coming from a collaborative environment. It encourages that open dialogue and we get feedback. We understand what is working and what isn't. It enhances trust and it creates the more robust solutions where we all use our different parts of our minds and recognize hey, oh yeah, I well, I think that will work, but what about if we add this? And each and every person's different viewpoint can really create like this big, beautiful vision for the company, for the people. And it's just, it's so fun. And when you do that, you have increased self-awareness for you. You have increased self-awareness for your team. You have leadership growth for you and you have leadership growth for everyone in that group. They know the new change protocol. They know that you care about them. There's camaraderie. There's community. They now have these new thoughts about how you're leading. It's just so cool. When you move through something, you're giving them new basis on which to create their thoughts. 
And your relationship with other people is just their thoughts about you and your thoughts about them having a relationship together. So when you can show up in the best leader that you can and asking them questions, they're going to start having different thoughts about you, about your leadership, right? Which is very much out of your control. But when we can make it fun and show up for us and show up for them at the same time, knowing that we're not inundating them with things that are stressful, that it's actually going to be a lot more stressful if we don't bring them in at the beginning of the process, then it makes it really easy for us to create that fun, cohesive environment. I might be beating a dead horse here, but I think it's really, really important for us to recognize just how impactful it is to bring people in because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, this is probably the biggest obstacle that I've faced over and over and over and over. And this is something else that I've experienced about ADHD is and I just read it again in a book, is it's talking about how so many of us have to learn a lesson multiple times and how, and sometimes it can be reasons why we believe that we're always going to be a failure and all these things. So I just wanted to share with you that change and change protocol is the thing that I have struggled with the most is because I had all of these thoughts in the background that were actually keeping me from allowing myself to move forward with that change. And when we can recognize those thoughts that we are thinking or those actions that we are taking when we're implementing that change, it will allow us to then have the freedom to move forward, to no longer keep falling in that trap that causes confusion, that causes frustration for our team and we can we can actually change that pattern without having to go through it again and without having to rely upon pain happening for us to actually be able to strike that pain to create that change is what I mean so the process of integrating organizational change whether it be in the business or in your personal life I think it's really really important to identify the change and the objectives So clearly defining what the change is and why it's necessary. So why? Why is something that we have come up with a lot and my employees have talked about this a ton. It's like, if I knew why, like your deep why, that would help me so much. When you roll this out and this is how we're going to do it and this is all the things that we're doing, when they don't understand your why, especially when this is a big giant passion project for them, they don't really have much passion behind it, right? They're not very excited. So identify the change and the objectives. Define what the change is and why it is necessary. It's really important also to go through this whole entire thing first and then, and recognize at the very top that you do have other people that you want to bring in, but fill out, write this all down, answer all of these questions first. And then as soon as you've written it out, you might do it two times, you might do it three times, you might do it six times without falling into perfectionism, knowing that you're going to bring these people in and they're going to also poke holes in it. So you don't have to be perfect, but you want to have an understanding of what your thoughts are. And this is a great way for us to go through those thoughts and to have an idea. So this is kind of going to be our pitch deck to our stakeholders to initiate starting that change. So this isn't a perfect first draft. This is just to get our ideas in a more solid idea so we can know what it is and why it is that we're wanting to do this. So we're going to follow this seven-step process 
in before and then identifying our stakeholders at the top. We're going to go through the whole seven step process. And then once we feel like we have the idea understood, then we'll bring the stakeholders in and we'll have a discussion around these objectives that we've created, these clearly defined objectives and outcomes that we were wanting to make. So step number two is recognizing the key stakeholders. I think putting this at the top is more just that step process to remind me to bring them in to that conversation and also to remember that they are going to have different interests in this that is going to help broaden my perspective. It's going to help me understand different influences that are going to help me broaden my perspective. It's all to allow my brain to go into a pattern of ease to feel relief in knowing that all of those points of resistance that I could be getting in my company or from my clients are all going to be able to find a solution in just identifying and bringing in other people to this change that I'm thinking it would be helpful for our community. Um, Especially for our ADHD brains, I think it's really helpful for us to plan out when are we going to be done? When are we going to communicate this with the team? When are we going to ask them questions about bring this whole sheet that we're putting together right now in front of our team? And I call this the communication plan as step three, developing this clear plan, writing it all out and sharing it with them. And once you have this created, then it's really important to go in with your key stakeholders and ask them questions and define what their involvement is going to look like. What is their role that they're going to take? What is the piece of this puzzle that they are going to be in charge of? And for that, we need to understand our problem. We need to understand the need for thorough problem identification and understanding why it matters. This includes understanding how to recognize and go through and articulate the problems effectively and ensuring that alignment is happening among all the stakeholders. Do they understand what the problem is? Do we understand what we are trying to create? As soon as we can all get together and understand that we have a thorough understanding of the problem that we're trying to solve, then we can all solve in the right direction. If we try to glaze over it and try to not waste their time, it's going to be really easy for us to just share something really quick and they're going to still have all these questions. So making sure that we go around and ask every single person very specifically, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Are there any resistance points? And what do you need clarity on? And I think that would be something that would be making sure every person knows that they're going to be coming to the table with an understanding. And I really, really love a meeting that sends an agenda ahead of time. So if you prepare this, you can absolutely send it out in an email before you meet so that they can have a little bit of an understanding of what the change is and knowing that the title is change protocol, right? That there's something that we are wanting to change and they're not going to feel the first time you do this. They might be like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like the last time? But the more that you implement this, I'm promising because all of my other people in my life that do this have a much better response to change happening in their company. So one of those things that's really important 
helpful to talk about is current condition. What is happening right now? And let's involve and interpret all of the internal and external data. What is happening and why do we need change? What are our capabilities and what are the gaps between what we're doing currently and our desired states? What are the things that we are wanting to get to that are causing us to need this change? Four, what is our target condition when we are able to focus on setting clear, measurable goals, it's going to encourage us to define that desired future state without immediately right now jumping to solutions. We're going to emphasize how to set those realistic, achievable targets with the whole team. And we're going to also define who is responsible for those targets who is going to help us get to each and every aspect of that pie. And either they're going to decide that they're going to be responsible for that, or maybe you as the business owner is going to help them decide, hey, you're going to own this, hey, you're going to own that. Do you have questions? Right? It depends. It's always so much more fun for people to sign up for themselves, but sometimes we got to put our leadership cojones on and say, okay, well, you're going to own that. (laughs) And then you smile and stare into their eyes lovingly. Number five is analysis. Make Now it's important to recognize some of the obstacles that might stand in the way of reaching the target condition, this place that we want to get. Making sure we look at some of the internal obstacles like resources, culture, conflicting priorities. Are we trying to do too many things right now? What is our priority as well? Um, that can also help us decide, is this something that will help us decide our date for releasing it, right? And understanding external obstacles. So is this competition outside? Is it our clients? Some things that are that feel a little bit more out of our control or might be entirely out of our control. What are some things that we could do to resolve this problem? What have you considered before making a final recommendation? And why didn't you choose these other paths? So remember, we're going to fill this out first, and then we're going to take this entire thing, just like an agenda, to our key stakeholders. So the next one is the proposal. Give your best recommended solution include your expected short and long range results, as well as how you would test your solution early in the process and make adjustments as required. Be as specific as possible. It's helpful to make sure that you share all of your thoughts because this is going to be really important for you guys actually knowing what problem you're actually solving. This is how we continue that rowing in the same direction instead of anybody jumping to conclusions. And measurements and milestones. What are the metrics? What are the milestones that you will track over a period of time? Suggest a time to check in on performance suggest people that own certain performance metrics. And this will really help us move this together. When we remember that meetings are actually for all of us together, it is 
so helpful instead of feeling like meetings are a waste of time. It can be a way to, hey, we've already spent all this time on this thing. How can we remind ourselves and get ourselves together instead of separately being in a place of confusion, bringing us all together, reminding us of the things that are important and so that nobody actually feels inundated. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but when we don't meet with our team on a regular basis, I also kind of forget some of the things that they have on their plate. And so if I'm putting another thing on their plate and then they communicate to me like, well, I'm working on this and this and this, my brain that thinks everything's important all the time can hear that. And they're like, well, I feel like this is more important than I can hear them. They can hear me. We can understand that we're all actually, we are rowing in the same direction and we're all able to respect each other so much deeper when we just have that constant cadence of, Hey, how are things going without it feeling like a micromanage? And I think that's something that we're actually going to start going through this change protocol with my team is finding that specific cadence where we can have that communication throughout the team so that we can know hey, do we feel like we have too many expectations for you because I'm chasing all these shiny objects and you're you're chasing them with me? Um, it's, it's so good. I think it's really funny because even in all this preparation for this podcast, which is all about collaboration and just speaking with myself out loud, I've started to recognize how much more important this is and to have a meeting on it and so many other thoughts, such as recognizing when I am communicating with people, how much more I can understand them. And it's just so cool. So I want to share, this isn't it. Like this isn't all the growth that you're going to get from implementing this every single time that we do things that help us support us in templatized versions. It means that our brain doesn't have to think so hard that we can learn from past failures. We can move forward and we can be even better in the next round. So I think it's really important to remember to the value of what this approach is in our personal and our professional growth and creating change because change is inevitable. It just There's a good way of going about it, and there's a way that's going to create a ton of rebellion and anger and no funness. It's against probably what your culture is. If you're an entrepreneur, especially a small business owner with ADHD, I'm willing to bet that you have your heart on your sleeve and you just want to help people. So how can we make sure that we're also able to help people in all the best ways through that communication, through that change management? I would love to see how you've applied these principles in your lives. I would love to hear as you share and you move through this and what comes up for you. And if you need some specific stuff, jump on a free 15 minute coaching call. You can go to ADHDboss.fun and at the very top, you can schedule that very easily. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you're ready to jump in, create change, and trust your brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. You can go to ADHDboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to meet you soon. Bye, friends.